Free Your Mind is a podcast show that covers a range of topics from buzzing media headlines, hot trends on social media space, music, and social issues. Myself and a group of co-hosts will meet to give our hot, sometimes unfiltered opinions on and takes on these issues. We are hosted by the Gold Coast Report. Find us on your favorite podcast player and follow us on Twitter at GCR Free Your Mind and on Instagram at The Gold Coast Report. We also have a website, thegoldcoastreport.com, where you can find other podcasts on our network. Hi guys, this is Komo. And you're welcome to another episode of Free Your Mind. I'm here with Maya. Hi, Maya. How are you doing? Hi, Kumo. I'm good. good. Let's get straight into what we're about to talk for today. Should we do the political segment first or you should jump right into the main topic? Let's do the political segment okay. first. All right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, I mean, since it's election year, it would be it wouldn't be fair that we would not talk anything elections. I mean, it, it's happening in our country, so yeah. Even though we are not that so excited about it, I I just put this segment aside <laughs> where we would discuss our opinions on bits and pieces of um, manifesto promises both politi- both main yeah. political parties put up. So um, I'm going to read the a bit from the mpp manifesto where they promise they said and here go we are building a, a harbor and a new airport in cape coast it is very critical we do that an airport makes a lot of sense in case cape coast it's a real tourism hub between a greater Accra, kumasi and cape coast you have a triangle that is really a hub of economic activity it is a major growth pool if you put an airport here to drive infrastructure growth. This is what they said. So the summary <laughs> of this is they want to build a harbor and, and an airport in Cape Coast. I want to sample yeah. your views on that. What do you think about this promise in their manifesto? I mean, for me, I think an airport is necessary, like especially in, I hate to say major re- regions, but like major regions, like the North, Ashanti, like, like you know those capital the capital towns the ones that have what's the name yeah they have good tourism like people like a lot of people do there there's a lot of business activities going on in and out i think it's a good thing my thing is (laughs) why now like why now like for me looking at everything that's happening especially with the akufuadu government and the ntp government they do things for their own benefits or their own pockets so for me, building a harbor in an airport in in Cape Coast, my thing is why now? What do you stand to gain from it? That's my thing. Because if they really wanted to do something about it, they would have started like not when they came in, but like when they you know there was I think after their second year or so they started to do things for us to look for it to look like they were doing certain things mm-hmm. to make the country look better. But there was never a talk of like an airport and but then just when they're about to finish their first term into their second term their manifesto promises is that we are building so i'm guessing they have been talking yeah <laughs> so they are trying to make us think 
there have been talks. I think it's a very good thing. I'm just side eyeing the Akufadu government because of everything we've noticed from the beginning, from putting their families or people that they know in power, um, sorry, in high powers of um, positions, um, the money that people are making from it. So my thing is good, 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 good. But what do you stand to gain from it? Mm. as compared to what do the citizens stand to gain from it. I don't know about you, but I think an airport is a great thing. I feel like we need more airports. I really feel like we do because our roads are really bad. Like traveling <laughs> is really bad. Our roads are really bad. If we can reduce the pressure on the roads, I think it's not a bad idea. Okay. But yeah, what do you think? I think I was going to say a lot of things, but your last point pretty much made me rethink what I was about to say. The fact that our roads are horrible, so we have to use air transport as an alternative. For me, yeah. I think that Ghana isn't that big. Honestly, I'm not kidding. Mm. Ghana really isn't that big. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know, but I think maybe I would have to also look at this myself because, I mean, nobody has tried to do do this or maybe there's something out that i don't know but we really need to sit down and do serious research into what sort of transportation we need as a country and then push towards that if it, if we realize that yeah. it is roads that we need then we have to really sit down and see how we can and i was speaking on this i think uni was speaking on this the previous episode when it comes out we don't build our road for people or for like we just build the roads because we just are building the roads like we don't take a lot of factors for motorcycles for bicycles for pedestrians how safe it is for cars like like we don't put into these things into a lot of factors so usually the roads are just built because they need to look very tight and smooth and yeah. like and that's that's it for us that's why we do we don't take into consideration exactly. like, even even with inner roads like you realize that even with inner roads like there are houses or walls that are so close to the street and like you wonder like do we factor in the I rain? was I was talking to my mom about this like sometime like apparently there's something I don't know there's not a law but there's a thing in Ghana where there's supposed to be a particular distance between the roads Exactly. and where a building starts and for us that whether it's inner or outer a major this one but in Ghana that's not it as long as we have a, as long as there's a road to show that the road is high tech or to show that oh we are doing something we are supposed to yeah we just asphalt <laughs> the road and that's like that's like a bad way we look at it because trust me you we might need the airport because as you were saying and understand you the roads are bad so the air seems like an alternative but there are other alternatives like motorcycle transportation the train transportation which i know every youth our age is really asking for like we need to make ghana very accessible but actually thinking about it i don't even know why they know like i haven't like read in depth of both manifestos but i don't know why both haven't spoken about like trains because when i was like in high school i remember we took the train from like temahabo to makola market and that was the best time of my life like it just felt at ease like people came in they paid it wasn't a lot of money like i think at that time it was like 
less than five CDs to travel from Temahabo to Makola mm-hmm. using the train. Mm-hmm. But then we are building another airport. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That for me, it's not even do we need it or do we not need it. It's I'm side eyeing them because yeah. there has to be there has to be something in it yeah. for and them. It's it's valid. Not, it's not and it's valid airport. because just recently I read that the aviation minister revealed um, people didn't want to, the airlines didn't want to fly to home. Not because they just didn't want to, but apparently where the airport is situated is horrible. Like it's not inside yeah. an airport ahead. Like it's a bit far away from like the main sites of the Volta region. So then yeah. it's just something that has been built and it's just there. You get it. And for how so small not- Ghana, yeah, and for how small Ghana is, I personally don't feel we need airports. I think we need an alternative situation. But that that being said again, I've not really done my research to realize because I mean we talk about trains and all of that, but getting that infrastructure in place too is expensive. You need a lot of money to get train tracks running all over the country. You need a lot of money to get I mean it's expensive, but you start somewhere. Like the same way we started with Kutuka for like how many years? <laughs> like think about it. It's the same way we started Kutuka for how many years? And that's why the train that runs from again Temahabo to Makola now, I don't even think it's running because we started from somewhere. Instead of, you know, building upon it, developing it, creating more stops, you don't even need to expand it, create more stops in and around Tema and Accra, like that route. Nothing is done. I don't think it runs as frequently as it used to, yeah. or it does. I don't even think it runs again. Yeah. I don't think it does. I really don't. I think it's either. I think with the train industry, they are move. They are thinking more of moving freight and goods than moving humans. Yeah. Like that has been. I think for them, that has been like the main concentration: moving goods either from. Um, one point to Tema Harbor, from Tema Harbor to another point. It hasn't been transportation of humans, but I feel like, humans, yeah. yeah, if we are able to move in that sense, and that's what I'm saying, I don't have, I haven't done that much research to realize how viable this is, but I think if we make the country more accessible, it, it will mm-hmm. happen like a domino effect. Like, things yeah. will just run out of place. Because honestly, if I, I would need like an hour, to get to Accra from maybe Kumasi. I don't know why I wouldn't go and stay in Kumasi and pick a train every morning to Accra. It would really yeah. make sense to me. Because yeah. Accra is stressful. Because people travel like people travel like in and out, like mm-hmm. jobs, like they can travel as long as it's an hour. Like I remember when I was younger, I used to from Spintex to Tema, there used to be traffic. You stay in traffic for an hour, but you still get to school. Like people don't mind like anything between 30 minutes like one hour 50 minutes travel time as long yeah. as they are getting there in time for what they need to do yeah true 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 so i mean on that point i mean i don't think we need an airport there i think maybe <laughs> we need we need i mean a harbor is fair there is a sea line so a harbor yeah. is fair yeah at least to take the pressure off the other harbors but an harbors, airport yeah. Charlie, are we even checking like how people fly like our flight percentage like people don't really even fly like that i think you may think you may think people don't fly as much but people do like 
because I'm looking at like anytime like my flight. mom has to book like yes like as in flying not from company sponsored flights no like flying from like because anytime my mom my dad has to travel quite a bit to like the north sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes even to Kumase when you call if you're not lucky you don't get like a seat oh, okay. most of the time they'll even tell you to come and then see if people will drop off it gets full sometimes sometimes they even hike up the prices because like the demand for it goes high so i think people fly i think my thing and it's not like students not like the average people but like actual people who are working like workers actually fly in and out students also fly like units across units i know they fly in and out some students like i know i see a lot of my friends flying from Kumasi to accra like for like a weekend trip or something like that even takradi as well too takradi they use smaller planes but it also gets packed quite quickly and i think they've even done it such that you can hop from you can fly from like takradi to accra and then do whatever you want to do and fly from accra to tamale or accra to kumasi that kind of thing so people fly i just think i don't know if enough research has been done to see whether a lot of people will utilize flying from Cape Coast to Accra and Accra to Cape Coast. Yeah. Unless maybe you are, you are going to SHS there. As you said earlier, I think maybe a lot of research needs to be done before this thing mm-hmm. is done. Because me, my point is, Ghana no really big like that. Like we always the figure, but Ghana isn't really that big. Like Ghana yeah. is really small that we can be so interconnected with like serious <laughs> train tracks and good. But train. I think the thing is we. No, but I think the thing is, we are also thinking of it from Accra to Cape Coast, but it's also Cape Coast to other places, if that exactly. makes No, but Cape Coast actually yes. for some time... That's the research that we don't know. Yeah. Cape Coast for some time has been deprived. Like, it's a... It's not really a buzzing environment. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more quiet. There are one or two businesses going around. So I get that they probably want to bring... Because, you know, with airport camps these lives like you know when there's an airport obviously there will be um construction there will be high-rise buildings there will be accommodation there will be yeah. hotels so i'm sure probably that's the angle they are looking at the fact that looking at the kind of businesses and everything but the truth is that yeah. even if that happens it's not the locals who are going to benefit it's all benefit. of these things are yeah. going to be benefited by the expatriates they are the ones who are going to sleep in the yeah. high-rise buildings and all of that and we have a typical example in the whole airport. We've seen how situated <laughs> that yeah, situated, you see, and that's what we don't learn from past mistakes because this is what has yeah. happened. We've built a hotel, a, a, an airport somewhere, and it's lying almost dead. And yeah. there's a lot of money that has gone into that. And like yeah, it's not fair. I think that they need a harbor. But actually, Ghana no big. But the airport, you are side in it. Yeah, <laughs> you are side eyeing it. We, see, we can have, we can have, landing landing sites. I don't know how to put that. Yeah. Yeah, we can have. No, sites, I get what you mean. Yeah, like site bases, maybe for the yeah to be used by these air forces and stuff. But then can also be landed by private planes, and that should be it. It has some towering yeah. center that is running once in a while some planes come in they talk to them they land they offload they yeah we don't need like a, a whole a, airport. an airport yeah, yeah. Like, checking and actually it's <laughs> honestly we don't need me I, I don't think we need 
you don't think it's about, okay hey, tourism hub tourism hub every day we are saying tourism hub how are we tapping from this tourism thing <laughs> honestly who we'll go to Cape Cod Castle and go and cry because the ancestors were asleep? Rude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be very rude over here. I'm sorry if that rubs wrongly to people, but honestly, that's what. Like, what has Cape Cod really gained from this? From time to yeah. time, remember um, Panafest and all of these things that they've done all these years. What really has Cape Cod gained? Gain oh, from it, that's true. Yeah, from that t- tourism hub, how, how have they yeah. tried to diversify from that? If you are working to Cape Coast for somebody to lead you and tell you about their slave trade, what have Cape Coast gotten from that? Like when you go to Cape Coast, yeah, it's like they've never really benefited from that. You get it? Mm, so let's just not say building airports because we think that oh, because we built Kotoka and Marriott Hotel and Airport One Square and all of that came out. <laughs> that can happen in Cape Coast. It's in Cape Coast. Exactly. Hmm. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> These people are the ones in government, right? Unless we want to go yeah. around for government too, but I'm not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't avoid somebody being salty me in the morning. I can't take that shit. <laughs> Someone call on yeah. me. anyhow. Maybe you will buy for you. Yeah, Politics is not for the faint-hearted, honestly. It's not. I mean, you can never please everyone. Politics, so. I know that's the that's the what's the name? That's, that's the also. thing on the ground here. But you let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. When, when, when you change your mind, I'm here to support you. I'll support you. <laughs> so let's move to the next one. The NDC promise they are saying tax incentives to landlords to reduce rent advance. They will elevate the rent control board to a rent authority to give them more power to operate. What do you think about this, Thomas? So, um, on again, on a whole, it looks really good because, yeah. like, how many times have people been crying about rent, 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 rent? But I have a friend who works at GRE, and landlords, most landlords don't even pay like tax. Like most of them evade it. <laughs> so for me, it's like it's good on the um, what's the name? It's good on the like theoretical aspect, but practically, does it like does it make sense? And practically, no, because landlords evade a lot of like um of evade paying tax in the first place. Like my friend who worked at who works at GRE, they chase like landlords, not just landlords in like like renting like homes or like rooms, but landlords who rent stores, like buildings, all those things. They evade tax more than anybody in this country. They evade tax. So for me it's like if you're giving them a tax incentive like how like what does it do for us because they don't pay tax in the first place like it's not going to be and please nobody should come and kill me i'm generalizing so let me not generalize but (laughs) but then it's like from what i've heard not a a lot of them pay like tax in the first place unless maybe Mm -hmm. as the other pastors yeah going to elevate it from a rent board to a rent authority and like tighten the controls and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but in reality like tax on on a general scale is not really enforced in ghana like let's be honest i remember when i was younger like i i think it was enforced more when i was younger than 
I than I am now because when I was younger, I used to go when I go to my hairdressers, we the tax collectors will actually come around and collect tax from the hairdressers mm-hmm. or like tax from like shops mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. But now I don't see that happening. Like unless like you are a well established like shop and then you come <laughs> and then even now and they are chasing you like it's you who has to like you know take the necessary step to pay your taxes True. so yeah tax incentive rent control blah, blah 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 that's all very good like theoretically and that's what i love about manifesto because everything theoretically looks so good on paper it's a one gonna look so good on paper yeah but the thing is how do you translate um everything you are seeing into practical terms and i hate it when people gloss over the practicality like they make it seem like oh okay maybe we are not running at 100 percent like efficiency but with the 70 percent efficiency we are working at we can apply a b c d but you can't not in ghana you can't like no matter how much we 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 put it in like a very nice bowl and present it to people like you can't because of the way our system works we are still running on what's the name we are still running on paper what's the name Yeah. System. like we have people and I'm not saying it, take monies and all of that thank yeah. you like oh, thank you like you get what i'm saying so for me it's yeah. like everything sounds good on paper with both like um with all these with both manifestos for me just who do i trust more to deliver this exactly exactly and that's the problem <laughs> exactly. who do you trust more to, deliver, to deliver this, this. yeah I think you've pretty much said everything, but with this, I think that politicians are really not looking at this rent issue critically. As someone who who comes from a career running problem solving, I think that when you have like a complex problem, you really have to like break it down into very simple forms, like, and ask yourself the questions. My take from this whole rent saga, because mind you, the 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 MPP two has given like their own version of how they want to try and solve this rent issue. Yeah. But then I read into the rent issue, and then I realized some time back, I think a champions era, that was when rent control was actually started, and there was a period where people had to pay six months advance. And then yeah. pay every month till the landlord decided they were not renting their place again. And even after that, they had to give a like three month moratorium to move out. Yeah. My problem was we need to ask our, ourselves the questions that between a champion's era till now, what really transpired between the landlord and the tenant over the years that now it has become a status quo for tenants for landlords to take two years advance that means, advance, yeah. yeah that means there was a breach of trust trust at some point yeah. there was some serious breach because look this tenancy thing this rent thing is always looks like it's favoring the tenant but trust me a landlord is also a tenant to some extent because yeah. they also need money let's be fair to them as much as the, the the tenant wants to pay, the landlord also needs the money to to do other things. So if yeah. for some reason you are paying six months and it was working, and in 2020 you have to pay two years, then that means there were some yeah. issues. 
there were some issues that came up. Maybe somebody yeah. wasn't fulfilling their one month's duty and all of that, and then they, they realized, no, we cannot do that. So that breach of trust has already been broken. We need to find a way to refix that breach of trust. Maybe it might not be yeah. human uh, fixing, but we need to put in something that will fix that to make sure that, oh, when you don't pay your one month's rent, the landlord is assured that there are other ways that he can make you pay the money. Okay. Let me give an I example. I'm sure, yeah, let me know in time, but let me give an example. Like in the US, it, I mean, it's a harsh law, but landlords know that if you, 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 you default on your rent and they take you to court, it's going to work so quickly that they will get their money back and you will be evicted. Yeah. So I'm sure over there, no landlord would be willing to take two months, two years rent. He would always want to take it like every month because he knows if you don't, he's going to serve you an eviction notice and the law courts are going to deal with you when he takes you to court. It's a different scenario over here. You get it? I think I think the thing is, again, as you said, like they should have looked at things critically. How do people make money in Ghana? And that's, that's where I think someone tweeted some time about politicians are so far removed from the average Ghanaian. Exactly. That because if you are able to determine how people make money, people even make money like weekly or like maybe every six weeks or every month. Yeah, or every day. Like so it's how they can afford like how they can afford to pay certain amounts of money. And that's where I think the one of the best things they could do is actually do something you call a security deposit. I think where there's a security deposit, it will make more sense for you for you to charge six months upfront with a security deposit and then monthly payment because at that time, if you don't pay for that month, your landlord has a security deposit, mm-hmm. so you have not paid. So the next month go out, but my but the month before that you haven't paid, I have gotten my money from your yeah, security deposit. If that makes sense, or you do the whole pay the when i was renting outside i think you pay the first year and the last year the first the first month and the last month's rent and then you pay in between so if that's the case if something happens the landlord already has your last month's rent rent so they are at a safer position but i think it's for people it's like going to court is not a how do you call it it's not a thing in ghana most times when you have these type of disputes, it's you going to the police station and sorting it out. If you have a problem with money, before it even goes to the court, you have to go to the police station. So I feel like if the government can kind of find a link to one, doing the security deposit in the one month, last month rent, and also finding, giving the police the authority to mediate these type of situations and giving them the power to sort certain things out because not every Ghanaian can afford to walk in and go to court or represent themselves in court or even afford a lawyer and court processes are very very like expensive and also like not difficult but it's not as easy as people think it is like to just walk into the court and then hi please they've not paid my rent or hi my landlord is going to so I feel like if they give the police people powers to mediate on these type of like issues like rent. It gives the police more work to do. It, like as in it makes them feel more important. It gives landlords and what's the name and tenants the you know the the position to feel like you know what if there's ever a problem 
I can trust that I'm going to A, B, C, D, and then this is going to be sorted. Or better yet, this whole rent authority that you want to do, there should be like a section for handling disputes, which has like a lawyer, a mediator, A, B, C, D. It's for me these things. I'm not saying it's easy to do in Ghana, but if there's the if there's the mindset and the focus you can actually develop something from it but as i said campaign promises are campaign promises yeah. you throw words like authority and <laughs> control and people be like oh my goodness that's a good thing but we really have to look at how people live in ghana and how like things can be done the, the ghanian way basically yeah if that makes yeah. sense yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i agree with that we 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 feel sometimes you know it's so easy now that you can look at we are we have so much information you can look at what other people are doing and either reverse engineer it or fine-tune it to your environment and i think that that's what yeah. we are far from we feel that because we are in the hub of technology technology is going to solve our problems it does but yeah. it's not technology that solves our problem it's problem it's our problem solving skills <laughs> the fact that, that will solve it. yeah that will solve it the fact that you you put um, 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 a system or you, you are now running, a, how do you call it, a, a digital system for rent authority doesn't mean all their problems are solved. Probably even their processes are horrible. Yeah. And they might not even need a system to, to some extent. Yeah. They just need to fine tune their processes and make them more yeah. effective and robust and they might work yeah. well. Also like back to the issue that tax incentive mean the way this country, <laughs> this tax thing is horrible. I'm not kidding. There are so many people, there are so few people paying like tax that it's amazing. So few people. And yeah. a lot of people are either not aware that they are supposed to pay tax. And pay tax, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are not so aware that they are not. So- and a lot of people too don't want to pay because of the behavior of the people up there. Because people feel yeah. like, oh, why should I pay taxes? What would it really be? Yeah. Even if I pay yeah, taxes, so. yeah, and you want to get your um, your tax back or your remittances, and you take your certificate to GRA to go and take your money, it's a hassle. Yeah. Like, you should be. I mean, it's it's a chore paying taxes, but it feels good if in March you get your money's back, like your remittances back. But those things back, don't yeah. even happen over here. Happen in the first place. I'm not sure we have people pay property taxes. That's how can people have 20, 30 cars at a point? Because yeah. they don't pay jack shit on, on yeah. cars. They just buy DVLA stickers in January. And then that's <laughs> yeah, but if 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 yeah. you're a rich man over somewhere, maybe in the US or it's a big deal because you are just not rich it's and then you're like that. You need to pay taxes. Like you have accountants for those things. <laughs> if you're a rich man, you need to be rich. You need to be keep rich because you yeah. on your properties but i'm sure there's like a doubt as who don't even think that we have to pay or know that we have to pay or know that yeah. oh, we have to pay property taxes or this it's just Tax, a yeah. corporate institution who are paying a lot of taxes <laughs> yeah that's what is and that's what is carrying like gra because exactly you keep, because you keep on hearing GRE say, oh, we've exceeded our targets for the month, or we've exceeded our target for the year. But really, truly, like, there could be more, you know, to be done. True. You can over, triple, quadruple, exceed that target. 
but people are not paying taxes and taxes are more of like a Muslim, the rich will be in the poor blind. I feel like that's how the like the yeah. government can put yeah. the rich people yeah. up there. Because of the poor they blind. Bring people like the way you say your friends say they go around to take taxes. Certain people gladly yeah. don't want to pay because they will ask you that tax now you know what are you going to use it for? Am I seeing yeah. any good developmental plans with it? Or you yeah. yourself, are you going to spend the money? And that's a fair money. point because Charlie, what are they gonna take their money do, honestly? Like, yeah. I feel like we need to sit and break down problems to the simplest of form. Let's not be very complicated about it. Let's not have a political show and throw about jargon. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. You see, and sometimes when yeah. you are, that's why you said politicians are far petrol. When you are, no offense to people who have gone to school a lot, but sometimes when you rise too high in academia, you tend not to see the simplest of like, yeah. not to give the simplest of approach to problems. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Like, there are certain things that you just need a simple solution. Like, True, but, but you are seeing it in the complicated of things. Because look, of the politics stresses me out. It really stresses me out because it's like, it's so, not that it's simple, but I feel like the answer is simple with the application wise it will be hard but i feel like answers to certain things are simple like we all give opinions on different things Mm -hmm. and i feel like all opinions in my all opinions i think can work if they are applied properly because you know there are two varied opinions but i feel like if they are applied properly they can work but the problem is politicians will just come give not an opinion but through you know fancy language here fancy language there and then be like, cool, wait, wait on it. Give us four years. Oh, wait, no, the four years are up. Give us eight years. You know what? We need a third term to do this. Like, I feel like that's just it. That's it. And I'm not going to any political party, but that's honestly just it. That's just it. Honestly. Like, what can you do? I hate those, I hate political parties that say, oh, you know what? In four years, four years was too small a time. So, you know what? Give us eight years. We can do it in eight years. We can really do it in eight years. True, 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 true. Let's get into the main topic, which is really going to be on you, Maya. So I oh my god. I I realized, yeah. I mean, okay, so to all our listeners new and old, Maya has a YouTube channel. If you can tell us the name of the YouTube gang, gang, gang. Vlog <laughs> yourself. All things reader. Guys, don't yeah. forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. subscribe. That's such a very weird thing to say, like in a video. Like, 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 share, comment, <laughs> subscribe. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I think one of the highlights of the YouTube channel that I want us to discuss today to give our listeners more perspective and something that i'm really proud of because my little sister too has also gone through that journey and it's something that I've, I'm, oh, okay. I'm very proud of yeah i'm very proud of for her being at that point nice, nice. yeah so we are going to talk about weight loss not in a bad Ooh. sense but um, <laughs> generally maya is someone who has been through that journey from when she was uh, she had weight and she made a point to lose that weight so she's going to give us 
pretty much a summarization. I'm supposed to ask you questions, but I don't want it to be like <laughs> an interviewer thing. I'm not an interviewer. Mm-hmm. So it's going to freeze yeah. out this thing for some time. <laughs> and then, yeah. So, Maya, take it away. Um, I think when people like see it, the first thing they ask is, oh my goodness, like, why did you want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. And the thing was, I was, I was freaking unhealthy. That's the reality of the situation. I was unhealthy. And I think that's why it's hard for people to lose weight normally in Ghana or anywhere. Right. It's because you, you see weight loss and you think, oh, I want to lose weight because I want to have like, slim, you know, flat stomach, big bum, yeah. that kind of, uh-huh, that kind of thing. And that's what I wanted when I was younger. Like I was always the, not the biggest, but I was always one of the biggest people in my group. But I didn't care. I wear mini skates. I wear crop top. Like my stomach will be showing. I really don't care. <laughs> but when I went to uni, obviously peer pressure was like, I go out with my friends and like, they are all wearing like, you know, really figure hugging things. And I don't mind wearing figure hugging things. But then when males approach you, like to approach your skinnier friends, and then they leave you on the side. And for me, it used to really, really get on my, not get on my nerves, but be like, oh my goodness, am I pretty? Am I not pretty? Am I not this? Am I not that? So I started, I joined the gym. Como, two years, I did not go to the gym, but I was paying, like, if I've converted to Ghana CDs, I was paying like maybe 70 CDs a month or 80 CDs a month mm-hmm. for two years. I only went to the gym Lots. once. And when I went, I went, I went on the treadmill for like 30 minutes and I told my friends that I can't do it anymore. Around that time, I wasn't that like unhealthy. Like I was around 80 kg or like 78, 80 kg. Like it was, I was big, but I wasn't unhealthy. But when I finished uni, and I think that's, that's something that we need to talk about later on, like the pressure you put on yourself after university, mm-hmm. like one next. What am I going to do with my life? Like that kind of depressive, not depressive, but that kind of down state. Yeah. That's when the weight started to pile on. Yeah, I would. The, the uncertainty. I was, yes. Yeah. I was very, even though like I knew I was going to law school, I had applied, but my results hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. So if I hadn't, if I didn't hit the mark, I wasn't going to go to law school. So what next? Mm-hmm. What, like, next? Am I, yeah. what, what am I going to do? Do you have a contingency plan? I didn't have any anything like that. <laughs> and around that time, <laughs> I had friends who were like, op- who were like, like, you know, opening businesses, doing different things. Like people were actually on their A-level at that time. And I was just there was uncertain. So I was just sleeping. I'll eat, I'll wake up at like 12 o'clock. I'll eat like food and me i will eat Ghanaian food back in the uk i was not people that would eat pasta and everything i used curry jack and cake and fancy cake i would eat fancy <laughs> with egg stew and then after that i'll go and then buy chips around 6 p.m 7 p.m with chicken like i can eat three pieces of chicken with chips and then i'll go and then later on like around 2 a.m 3 a.m right before the pizza and place is going to cook i'll order a medium sized pizza and I order a small pizza again, and I order chicken wings, and I order like one liter cook, and I'll eat all that and go to bed. And that was my life like that. <laughs> so after being uncertain and everything happened, I gained like 10 kg in like two, three months. Like that was very quick because I finished in May, June. And when I went to law school, it was in 
September to July, August. Yes, June, July, August. Three months, 10 kg, just like that. Eating and sleeping, eating and sleeping because I was uncertain. So even when I gained weight, I really didn't even see anything. I was like, and it's so me. I still have my portfolio and family. Like, <laughs> I really didn't care. So I moved into a new place and I wanted to get onto my bed. So for people who are, to give like a picture, I had storage under my bed. So that's where you can store like your suitcases and your boxes and everything. So your bed is elevated. So for you to get on the top of your bed, you kind of need to hoist yourself onto the bed. Well, that's like a little jump or a little something to get onto the bed. This somewhere I couldn't get onto my bed. I could not <laughs> come. Like I, I had to take a, a stool and that was, that was so embarrassing for me. I had to take a stool, put the stool beside my bed and step onto the stool before I step onto my bed. And I'm also short. I'm 5'2 and a half, 5'3". So it was really a lot of weight on me <laughs> to hoist myself on. Yeah. When I hoisted myself on that bed, immediately I went to that bed, I told myself, Maya, tomorrow you are joining the gym. I don't care how expensive it is. <laughs> I don't that, care what That was the moment. Do. Yes, honestly. <laughs> for me, all the, the other moment. times, like the peer pressure, all those things, like me wanting male attention, that didn't do anything for me at all. Like okay. it didn't touch me. It was when I felt within myself, like, bro, like, you are unhealthy. Like, this is yeah, not, this is, this this is, not is you. actually, this is bad. This is not me at all. Yeah. So, That's when I decided to leave me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, it's, I like, it's interesting that you are taking it from that perspective because I find it that a lot of people who pretty much go to the gym is because of how they they want to be looked at by other people so yeah. people go to the gym because they want which is something i found out recently and it blew my mind apparently ladies go to the gym to squat because they want more bump and yeah that, that, yeah that was like what yeah i think i think especially now it's like if you can't afford surgery the other way is go to the gym, squat, or take tummy tea, flat tummy tea, and get a Muslim name, a flat tummy, because you Ghanaian men have been trolling the Ghanaian girls on Twitter. That Yo, but have honestly, I always thought that was what it, it was. <laughs> it was being, I mean, being trolled. But hey, like... No, it really gets, <laughs> like, I don't think people understand, but it gets, yeah, it and gets... that's why sometimes trolling, like, it's all fun and games, so but what people don't think is even the lightest of tr- like the lightest laughter is like it it can really shatter somebody even if it's not to that person mm-hmm. to people to them it's like oh my goodness like I am like that girl or oh my goodness like I see myself in that girl and they are trolling mm-hmm. her how much more me who I already see my I'm already insecure about certain other things and I look like her it's like uh, you would need to be more mm-hmm. kind online because you really <laughs> so as i was saying i i like the fact that it wasn't i mean you tried to go because you felt oh this is how people would see me and for for that decision yeah. you paid you paid two years for a gym that you went once but it I'm was it was a personal decision or something that you found you found it hard doing that made you yeah. decide that this and i feel like that's that's like the genesis of almost everything that a human 
that's like problem solving, doing something. Someone decides, oh, I remember um, Joseph Inti from Cicela saying he started doing video editing because whenever he did his videos and he gave it to someone else, the person would toss him about for like two weeks. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I can actually do this because I need it. And it was that yeah. like necessity and the fact that he wanted to bring it out early that made him learn video edit. It was that point, yeah. like that moment that you realized, no, I actually needed a chair to get on this bed. This is bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I really need yeah. to get into the gym. So I'm sure, I'm sure Pretty, that was your motivational drive to get into the gym. But I want yeah. to find out. What were the obstacles like when you started? What, what were the obstacles? Were you planning to see a straight decrease in weight? And or did, did you not lose weight the way you anticipated? Did you stop at some point? Did you question yourself? I think for me, I didn't I think for me I didn't see any obstacles because I had no expectations. I literally thought when I joined a gym, I literally I literally thought this would my this would be you all over again in uni. You will go and you will just go once or twice. So for me, I didn't really see any obstacles. Like when I first started, it was a month into when I started that I was like, oh, I think in a month I lost like five kg. And I was like, oh, wow, that's not bad. <laughs> then when I was like, I lost five kg, I was like, mm, I've lost five kg. I'm just around where I was. Okay, let me stop. Because now it's like the motivation has gone. Like what, what, what will push me? to continue on the weight loss journey. So that was a finding like event basically to continue mm-hmm. on the weight loss journey. That was one obstacle. The second one was money. People don't like to you. It's expensive to be healthy. Wherever you are living, <laughs> from paying for the gym to eating to food prop- yeah, that. to eating properly, even water, like obviously in your weight loss journey you have to be drinking like no less than two liters of water a day and for me i couldn't take tap water because tap water doesn't agree with me so i have to buy bottle water so like every week i have to buy like two liter bottle water like about 20 of them so that i can take in that so it's it was expensive so that was another obstacle so i really really had to like let go of like certain you know, niceties in life. Like, yeah. if I want to take, like, like just little so, yeah, but how you like, how you moved away from coke because that's wild. Uh, I think. Did you get a T-shirt? Like, I, did you have to be rehabilitated to get a <laughs> When I first started, so for those that don't know, I used to drink coke with every meal. Like, if I'm eating like breakfast, like heavy breakfast, I'll have coke. But if I'm not eating heavy breakfast, no coke. But lunch dinner, I'll have coke. And getting away from it was extremely difficult. So what I started doing was I replaced Coke with apple juice because I really love apple juice. And I think that's where I would suggest people start. It doesn't give you the same kick, but then it gives you flavor. I don't know why people drink Coke, but I drink Coke for the flavor and how it makes me feel. Like a very chilled (laughs) Coke with your meal is the best. So when I switched to apple juice, like I had to make sure the apple juice was like extremely chilled, <laughs> and I'll have like three, I have like three glasses of apple juice, and then on the weekends I'll have like one cook. Then I, I gradually just went to like no cook for like two weeks, then no cook for three weeks, then cook once a month to like no cook at all for like 
a straight eight months, three or for like eight months, I didn't take coke. That's just how it's like, I replace it with juice and then I find you replace the juice with water. But now I take juice more to like satisfy my coke cravings. But once in a while, I take coke. But when I mean once in a while, once every month. Yeah, I mean, the body pretty much cannot deal with excesses. That's that's why I really like yeah. moderation of everything is balanced. But the point is, we don't really measure out what an excess is. Sometimes we are not really aware of what an excess is. I think in Ghana, people don't know what like excess is. People don't know. And again, I'll not blame like my parents. I'll not blame any parents whose child is like overweight. But I think the whole Ghanaian like custom is like, oh, let your child eat. Like if you know if if a child doesn't eat like a a big portion, there's something wrong with the child. Like if you realize, even when a child is full like the parent or the auntie tries not force but like you haven't eaten any everything off your plate to you won't go to bed or that kind of thing it's because we don't know <laughs> how to how to like eat in moderation like even when you're in school like i remember when i when i like back in lower primary like everybody had a set amount of meals that they could eat like if you go and pay five thousand you would have like two scoops of like rice and chicken and everything but then when i went to dhs now you can buy five cd like watch eight cd watch <laughs> ten cd watch in school so it's like we don't know how to like moderate ourselves and that was it with me like i didn't come with i show you my meals like i even stopped going out with like my new friends because i was eating as much if not more than my new friends in necessity so i can't even go and buy two plates of like meal like if i'm buying fried rice i'll buy two just so that i'll feel satisfied <laughs> with my chicken <laughs> and that's the thing in ghana you know a lot of people know how to like eat in moderation because for us it's all like food is food is yeah yeah i think you answered my question i was about to ask so let's go to the last but one i think what do you want to tell other people who are like struggling to lose weight like they like there's that decision there's that decision (laughs) (laughs) so there's that decision that they want to do it but for some reason they are not doing it i think for me it's like what i'll say is like look at where you want to be and what you want to do there's nothing wrong with trying to lose weight to look a certain way like that's not like humans are very like we are very vain sometimes so there's nothing wrong with that i just think you need to make the conscious effort like oh i want to lose weight because i want to look a certain way for a b c d how do i get there sit down and plan it and everybody said oh you're saying that because you've done it and everything but as i said it took me three years to get to like finally decided so you need to really sit down and think like why do i want to lose weight Another thing too I would tell people is, which I told everyone who DM me about my weight loss journey was, buy a dress in the size you want. <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah. I, was, that's the I was a size, yes, I was a size 18 and I bought a size 12 dress and I was like, you, I will fit into you. Every time it was hanging, I didn't even pack it in my suitcase, it was Dope. hanging in my wardrobe. Dope. Every time I opened my, my, my wardrobe to change, I would look at it. Sometimes I will even like, I'll try and fit into it and I'll be like, oh my goodness, it's too tight. But that's the thing. So if it's like maybe a dress you want to fit into or like 
um, something you see yourself doing, like for example, not a lot of overweight people can maybe run or if you want maybe swim, for example, like put yourself in a situation like I see myself, don't give yourself a time limit. That's the problem. It's when you give yourself a time limit, that's when it's like it starts to be ridiculous things like take flat tummy teeth and take your laxatives. Please guys, don't do that. Just don't set a time limit. Just look at your goal. No matter how long it takes for you to get to your goal, that's how long it will take. Like it comes. But yeah. Wow, wow. So, yeah, you heard it here. She said, if you want to be a size 8 and you are a different size, buy the dress. And that dress is like your, it's like a, it's like a goal, it's like part of your goal board. So, whenever you see that dress, you know, yeah. you know, that's what you are, you are, you are gunning for. Like, you know, the, the, the beach has to play that way. You look at the, bam. That was me in the gym, or like bam, every time bam, I go, like, I'm so close. When you finally wear the dress, you just run up and jump like Rocky. Yeah, I did. It feels, I you know, it feels good. True, 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 true. So finally, I want to cap up with this is an obvious question, but I still need to ask it. Are you happy with your decision to lose weight? Lose weight. Yeah. Yes, I am. Because as I said, I was very unhealthy. But no, in a sense that now I have people like watching me. So for example, when I first lost weight, and then like, so I lost, I, it took me like about nine months to lose weight. When I lost weight, before I moved back, to the house a lot of my friends were like oh my goodness like when you move back home you gain weight in fact what kind of friends are those i should dump them <laughs> yeah like you hope you gain your weight back after you you gain your weight back like others were like were like oh my goodness like you have to like put on a bit of weight like now now that i've lost weight like i have people policing my weight whether I gain weight a little bit, like even if I eat, for example, me one thing I, about me, if I eat, I will get my post belly back. Like oh that's just it because God. sometimes I still go. Yes, but then people will see it and be like, oh my goodness, Maya, like you look at your stomach. Meanwhile, I've just had some food and like to please yeah. <laughs> let me breathe. Or like when we went, um, when we, um, COVID came fresh and then we went off and then my supervisors were like, I hope whilst you're at home, like you don't gain the weight you put, like you, you lost. Like wow. people used to call me to be like, I hope you don't gain wow. the weight you lost. Like I'm not even exaggerating. People even used to be like, oh, lose a bit more or oh, gain a bit more. That's what, that's, that's for me, that's the only side I think because all of a sudden people police your weight. Yeah. And that's why my weight loss video came like a year after. Okay. Like I finished year because I finished I lost weight in twenty nineteen and I didn't shoot a video until twenty twenty because I was scared. Like I was like, Oh my goodness, like I'm not going to like keep the weight off yeah, like people are going to I'll put to it back to pedestal and then say, Okay, you had this yeah. now, yeah, this it's it's, yeah. it's interesting what you are saying. I thought it it was going to end at yes, I'm happy, but I guess oh, people no, people hold you, yeah, people hold you to a certain standard, and yeah. 
but for me it's wild that people have to call you and maybe they they mean they have good intentions but it's it's actually they weird it's and wild yeah that they, they have, have to good. call you to check up it, i feel like they it's like when you get back to your waiting they're going to be like aha see i yeah. told you yeah some sort yes yeah. yes do you feel some so personal pressure because of that and no i don't feel personal pressure per se but if like i start to feel sluggish then all of a sudden i'm like okay like i need to do something if i look on this skill and i have been like 2kg and 2kg is nothing it's literally you over ate the night before then yeah, all of a sudden and, and i'm like is acting mm-hmm. on you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh my goodness like i have to do something about it but i i mean like is there something i have to live with i won't lie sometimes i wish i was the big me because i really really enjoyed myself then like i didn't care i had no care in the world but and i had no people like policing my weight apart from the Ghanaian aunties who always tell you oh you need to lose weight but <laughs> that's just a normal something yeah. but now the policing comes from even like people, random people who people. have seen my video or who have like somebody like maybe a friend of mine be like oh my goodness you should see her weight before and her weight now the first thing that they'll tell you is i hope you don't gain it back like you think that's weird but that's what they will say i hope you don't gain it back after asking you oh what did you do like some people even will tell you oh did you take pills and somebody from now wanted to slap the person also <laughs> <laughs> offended <laughs> i looked at him i wanted to slap him but yeah like now everybody's pulling you from how you lost weight, whether you're gaining, whether you're losing, whether how you're maintaining, like everybody's facing you and it gets annoying. Wow. Gets annoying. Wow. Wow. It's it's an interesting perspective because as I told you earlier, my little sister too has been through your journey. She was okay. She was huge. She was really big. And when she told me she wanted to lose it, I thought ah, it's just one of those things. <laughs> but because I was moving in and out and not coming regularly because of work schedule i had to travel and all of that yeah. i came back one day and i saw no she's actually like lost weight and, lost weight, and yeah. she's exercising and she's sticking with it and i'm actually like when i realized she had actually i actually told her i'm very proud of her but like mm-hmm. this discussion it's difficult. yeah it's very difficult but this discussion has put in like especially the last one we just had into perspective like it's yeah. giving me another view of how probably i'm sure there are people too who are also pestering and not to get back to that weight. maybe when i have a conversation yeah. i'll try and see but yeah thank you again for talking to us about this i've always wanted to talk to you about this because no, it's it, it be like <laughs> a huge thing especially when i saw your old picture and i was like rah yeah man you know like, some, some people even say weird. that you don't even some people even think like some of my friends who have seen me in person are like people will not even even in pictures you can't see like it looks huge but the way i was because i'm short i carry a lot of weight, lot of weight. so so when you see me in person you're just like yo what the hell happened to you? exactly like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. My I, didn't even recognize me. yeah and i like that you really didn't care initially and you didn't take the decision because of pressure from other people but it was yeah. because you saw something and realized no this isn't good for me and i'm taking this step i'm sure that yeah. was more of a motivational factor 
than having yeah. people on you. So when that goes down, there is really no motivation to do what you want to. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, thank you again, and let's get into the last. You're bit, welcome. Last bit of the episode. You are going to talk about weird food combinations. Oh I, my God! Please. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> no. you're a champion of that. I'm, I feel like really enough, no, please. Oh, you don't. Please, no. Okay, so this came no. up because um, an account, Flavor Flavor's Wives, put up a weird food combination, granite soup with wache. And I saw you comment on it that it actually bangs. You didn't? No, I was like thinking about, no, I was, <laughs> what I was thinking, I was like thinking about it, it would actually bang, like, and when I say it would actually bang, I'm thinking of, you know, granola soup comes in two types, like the really light one and the mm-hmm. thick granola soup. Oh, okay. So I was like, that looks like thick granola soup. And I actually don't think it would be that bad. What, you see, is this, it's weird because I look at this in terms of flavors mm-hmm. and for me, and flavors and textures. And for me, rice and peas with like gravy, very light gravy, almost watery gravy will not be bad. So what's the difference between that and okay. like take granola soup and this one? But there are some other food combinations from that account that I don't I don't stand with. I don't know if you've seen her other one. Yeah. The pasta and the okra yeah. There is no way yeah. would, that. But have you had weird <laughs> combinations? Have you had any no even no? I'm I'm such a what's the name a traditional eater. Even when people used to eat like bread and shito. Or bread and stew, I really used to side eye them. I didn't eat a burger until last year so at all because I thought bread doesn't do with anything. anything. Some, I think we are yeah, like some food. very traditional. True. So I don't like to experiment. Just last <laughs> Give me what I, I know. Tried, I think it was just last year that I tried burger because I kept on going to burger and relish with um, the, the guys for quiz night. And uh, they always yeah. ate burger. And I was like, hmm, let me just try it. Because conventionally, I also found it weird that bread had all these combinations like you could only Honestly. eat bread with like egg and bread with like butter so why are you guys even doing egg even, even egg egg, okay. egg it took me a while like oh, wow. if I, when i used to go out with my friends and after like zoom or whatever they would go to otu and they'll buy bread and egg as some famous bread and egg spot when they buy it from me i would literally separate the Great bread and the egg yeah, eat the bread, the bread and, and then the eat egg. the egg Oh, okay. So yeah, really traditional. I'm very, yeah, I'm very traditional. Okay, okay. So both of us having had weird food combinations, but hey, and we thank the Lord for that. Yeah, <laughs> you have some weird food combination, and you are listening to this. You can send us that in the comments. I know, I know Nigerians eat um, bread with sardine and coke. I don't know how that goes, but hey, and then that struggle life. <laughs> that is struggle life. Like. <laughs> There is no, there is no other, like, you know, there are some food combinations that you'll be like, that is struggle. Like, like that's what, that's what you have at the moment. So you have to combine them. You have no choice. <laughs> you know, it was Nigerians that I saw that they eat like fried plantain and egg. And I find that so weird. <laughs> like for me, fried plantain goes with beans. <laughs> beans. That's all that there is. But they eat fried plantain and fried egg. Look, when I tell you that. It's called struggle. Like that's the reason why there's weird food combinations in this world. Because there is no way you'll be sitting now in your house and you and you think, Oh, why should I make pasta and okra stew if you 
if you had to make it with the with the pasta or you had bamboo to pasta. Okay. Thank you. That's my whole point. I feel like it's like she people says, de- she says like, all food combination matters though. So no, please, please, no. please, 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 please. <laughs> you can't change your mind. Uh, so it's struggle. Okay. Uh, let's get into the no. before we sign off. Um <laughs> Can you recommend something you are watching or listening to or reading? Oh my goodness, what am I watching? You know, you people know me. I'm such an oldie. I think the last time I told you guys I was watching like an old series, like yeah. when like lockdown first started. Now I've moved to One Tree Hill. It's also an old series, and Moisha as well. Okay. But yeah, I think there's a new movie on Netflix called Love Guaranteed. And those who are like who like chick flicks or romance, I know I know even boys like that. They will just not admit it. Wait, Love that and see that K drama stuff. No, it's not K drama. Oh, okay. Are you a K drama fan? I'm, no, I'm not. I, I don't feel like my girlfriend likes it. I hate it. I I hate it. If you are listening to this, K-drama. I'm sorry, but you know I don't like K drama. Like it's horrible. I don't know why they like it. Honestly, I think I think K drama is very. Mills and Boons, yes. You know when when I was younger, like Mills and Boons were a thing. Like girls mm. go to the book fair to buy Mills and Boons. Like it's very like romantic yeah. and like hey, you know it will never happen in this world. Like how will a rich guy come and bump into you and then or like he's mean in school and then you tutor him and all of a sudden <laughs> he falls in love with your with your Man. yes. It's just it's just a was it a fantasy that people build in in their head. And that's why I think people like K drama. That's uh, so K drama people. I understand you. I mean, I don't know what it all is. K drama sucks ass. I don't you should watch know voice over. Let me tell you, you should watch voice over for the flowers. life of me. The, watch voice over flowers. The only reason why <laughs> I have a Netflix account is to watch documentaries and docu series mm. and history stuff. And that's the only reason why I have a Netflix account. I hardly even move to series because they like canceling series. And I hate that when I have a nice series and then you are watching it and then they'll cancel it. So I don't even bother myself to watch that much series from Netflix. And then yeah. I give my account to my girlfriend. And all of a sudden, I'm having all this Korean bullshit coming in. Recommend. Like, yeah, I'm like, what so the hell is so going on? So, so do a separate account. Exactly. So, so I created an account. I said, look, move over here. <laughs> Don't come and spoil my recommendation. You know these Chinese people who are trying to kiss you and will never kiss you and are living in big apartments. No, but honestly, K dramas are not bad. K dramas are not bad. I was so mad. I was like, "What the hell is this? Why do you like this?" K dramas are not bad. But hey, K dramas are not bad. I get it. They're not bad. They're not bad. I mean, there are things that I like that people are shocked that I like them. Like football manager. People are shocked why I play football yeah. manager when I don't play the actual game. But I'm coaching. Game. Like, it makes sense. To me. Yeah. So, yeah. See. Shout out to all our K drama listeners. Please don't get angry with me. K drama still sucks ass. That's why this show is God free your mind. So, I just free my mind. K drama is shit. Wait, but what? Ass. Wait, but what documentaries do you like? Because I recently watched a documentary on Netflix about. I've forgotten the name. PST. P- like, is no, it's the one about. FBI? No, not the FBI. It's about 
cases that could never get solved. It was like files. I, I think so. Oh my yeah. goodness. Look, I love those things. They really listen. get to me, guys. Like, so forensic look, files. I'm, listen, forensic files is like my top nicest thing I've ever watched in on Netflix. And I've watched everything and I'm looking for more. So there's nine <laughs> collections and there's like 40 episodes per collection. And look, listen, guys, get into forensic files. It's good. It makes you realize that humans are really full of shit. <laughs> people are killing their wives for life insurances and yeah at first glance you don't realize that they are the ones who killed Bro. them when the investigation leads up you're like Rah! oh my goodness there was one that i watched it was like a guy they had this perfect family and all like perfect children like i think four kids um, a man and a woman they were the perfect people and all of a sudden, the people, their family disappeared. And they all, their family disappeared. And they found out that everybody was dead except the man. Yeah. The first thought wasn't even the husband because they were such a perfect family. But later on, from like researching everything, they realized that the man is actually sick in the head. Exactly. And the man killed everybody, everybody. and then has escaped. Exactly. And he led the police on a goose trail. That and I think it's a French family. Look, yeah. that particular episode really got me out. Like, bro, give me, give, give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself I think, a round of applause. I'm still looking for that guy, though. They, they've never found him. I think it's like his. No, they haven't found wanted. him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's highly wanted. Yeah. yeah. Because the way he did it. Charlie, Charlie. But I think, like, Forensic Files is, is a good show. You should get into it. If you are interested in documentary, I think you should also get into. Um, why have I forgotten this? Um, Wild Wild Country. So Wild Wild Country, please watch it. It's about a it's about a cult. So it's it's generally about a cult thing that happened in like in America. There were people who went to a cult in India and then they moved to America because they you know how court works they were, it's a promised yeah. land and they set up a whole community with airports and everything and we're fighting the local people it's a whole interesting Charlie is like a whole interesting Ooh. formation though that we could pick up and it's like a docu series so oh, wow uh, so it's like I think it's a six part series where the people who were there when the thing happened and people Charlie it's 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 mad Netflix actually has like a bunch load of documentaries. I've watched yeah, most of them. Yeah, I think you have to look for it. Yeah, you I'll look for them for and then I'll recommend it. them. I'll recommend them to you. But Netflix has a bunch yeah. load of documentaries and they are so, like, they have so much information that you could, I mean, they are not yeah. necessary information, but like, but they are information <laughs> gets, that it feels your mind. Cool. Yeah, like, it gets your mind. Yeah. They are so cool to have. Into it. What, yeah, into what goes into it. But hey, I think that's it for us. Yeah. Guys, watch Forensic Files. <laughs> Can we just say a little, a little, not a few, but a little few to the government for charging one fifty dollars for the COVID case at the airport? Do that. Thank you. I, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just saying a listen, little. <laughs> I feel like this one fifty is just to tell you, yo, you can come, but don't come. Yeah. So if you have the 150, come. You are really going to deep whether you want to come actually or you really want to pay this 150 to come because of a COVID test when I don't come to do anything. So you won't come. 
mean, for me, I think I get you. My only thing is they have hundreds of Ghanaians who are stranded everywhere. Yeah, like, true. and people could not afford coming and then, what's the name? You, they couldn't afford coming and then quarantining on the money. Mm-hmm. So, and they've already spent a lot of money, money trying there, to yeah. stay there. So, at least subsidize, maybe subsidize it for your national. Just that, you know what I'm saying? They don't care. Subsidize it for your national. <laughs> they don't care about us. They don't <laughs> care. Guys, please. Be- when I tell people, let's vote for an independent candidate to come and destroy the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I mean, I will shock. If you have money, okay. I, think, I think the Bible <laughs> when we're in the meeting, we're like, hmm, should we do this ten dollars? No, no, no. If you have money, you can travel. So let's do one fifty. This count to quite. This count to be too plenty. And what you, no, and what kills me is, you know, they could easily have prices in cities. Is the fact that it's prices dollars, meaning that you you take the rate of the airport. That's what it means. Yeah, do you get yeah, my point? Yeah, yeah. So you don't even take the rate of like what is happening. <laughs> <laughs> like the first view that everybody uses like, on Google, yeah, yeah. no, no, use that no, one. No, no, use that they one. Will use, it's like you will come use. and you you budgeted nine hundred CDs and they said, oh, sorry, yesterday it went up by one CD, raw. Mom, I just bought nine hundred CDs, bra. <laughs> Say sorry, exchange. You know, if, sorry, exchange price. That's serious. Sorry, yeah, true, true. That's serious. Yeah, but hey, one fifty is a lot, wow. though. But hey. It's a lot. Let's hope they can all pay. Let's hope the exchange prices are stabilized through this time. So guys, <laughs> if I can please budget two hundred dollars because Ghana is very volatile. <laughs> exchange rate changes every evening. So please. I'm telling you. Over budget. <laughs> it's not like on the dot, then they'll tell you it's maybe fifty pesos. <laughs> you can't come out of the airport. Right. It will sure give you. Because somebody to send you fifty percent mobile money, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, oh my god! It's over budget, oh. over budget, over budget. Yeah. So I think we've come to the end of the episode. It was a good one. Yeah. It was nice having. It was. Having you. Uh, it was nice coming on. Yeah, yeah. So guys, um, until the next episode, we'll see you guys. Have a good week. Bye. This has been a Gold Coast Report production. I got the mighty embassy of Shambhal in here. I got my man Optics in here. And I am Ghana's own, Ghana's only.